23 years, just over half my life, that's a long wait, but it's almost time for Scotland to take their place in a major tournament again. But what on earth does that have to do with two Bible stories about some seeds and a measure of hope? Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. Thanks for joining us from wherever you are, especially if you're joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. You are always welcome. St Ninian's is now open for worship at 11am on Sundays. We're obviously operating under COVID restrictions, so to help us manage that, you need to phone to book a place. Please don't hang back. There have been seats available every week so far, so call Margaret on 01698 792552. That's 01698 792552 to book your seat. Or join us online on Facebook, YouTube or at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk Or you can listen to the podcast versions on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And if you ask Alexa to play the podcast from St Ninians Online, you should be able to get the service there too. All the podcast and video links for the services and on-demand and information about who we are can be found on the website. Today I'm joined in leading our worship by me. Mark 4 verses 26 to 34. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seeds sprout and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything.
It'll all be different this time. How many times have you said that, thought that or heard that in your life? It supposes that change is simple, easy even. It's just a matter of deciding. That's all it takes to change years of practice, tradition or behaviour. And we all know that it isn't easy at all. There's a lot of optimism around this week as Scotland embark on their first major men's football tournament since 1998. Lots of it'll be different this time. It's weird. Scotland used to qualify for everything. I was only two years old when perhaps one of the best Scottish teams ever crashed out of the 1974 World Cup and that seems to have set the tone. In 1978 we would put things right in Argentina. It was our arch rivals. England didn't even qualify that year. But, and there's always a but, we didn't even make it out of the groups. A harsh lesson for six-year-old Stuart. But among the Among the disasters have been moments of pure, unbridled joy. Dave Neri smashing one in against Brazil in 1982. Obviously that just annoyed Brazil who went on to stuff us, but what a goal. Or James McFadden's wonder strike against France. Or that goal. Perhaps the best ever goal scored in the history of football when 43 years ago Archie Gemmell walks past one of the best teams in the world and chips the keeper only for us to crash out in goal difference. They say it's the hope that kills you. Maybe, maybe it's because it's been a while. 23 years. But it really does feel that it could be different this time. Scotland are in a group with a team they've actually recently beaten twice. And there's a game against the old enemy at Wembley. So strap yourselves in. This could be a bumpy ride. And yet, we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, actually, winning would be okay. I suppose. I'm not sure we could actually cope with that. It would go against everything we've told ourselves about what it means to be Scottish. Glorious failure is our thing. We're masters at it. But what does Scotland's chequered football history have to do with a couple of Jesus stories about seeds? Well, on the face of it, absolutely nothing. Although both the parables in Scotland's experience of tournament football until now are short and somewhat perplexing. But they're both stories told in a context of expectation, of dashed hopes and inquiries into what has gone wrong, which could lead to hope for change or even an appetite for revolution. Mark's Gospel is written sometime around the Jewish rebellion against the Romans that leads to the ruin of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple itself. We're not sure which side of that event the writer of this gospel writes on, possibly both before and after, but he's either writing in a period where people are being actively recruited for the coming uprising, or he's writing in the immediate aftermath, where all hopes have been dashed and things are even worse than they were before. I think in a small way we can relate to some of that. There's a cycle of experience for the people of Israel that throughout the Old Testament happens again and again. It's the failure of violence to resolve problems, both big and small. That was a couple of thousand years ago. and We haven't learned much since then, it would seem. So, it's into that situation and that experience that these parables about seeds are told to the readers and to us. 
These two stories are part of a group of three farming parables. We've jumped over the parable of the sower with its four different landscapes which affect the growth of the plants and we've landed in these two stories that seem to be about seeds but might actually be about soil. The first parable is just strange. A man scatters seed and it grows and he has absolutely no idea how that happens, it just grows. His only contribution is to scatter the seed and then harvest the crop. The bit in the middle has nothing to do with him. And the kingdom of God is like that. The second tells of a mustard seed, a tiny seed that grows and grows and grows. Mustard's a bush. It's one of those invasive plants that spreads and spreads and is really hard to get rid of. So what does that tell us? Firstly, and importantly, that we play a part. Often with parables we try to fit ourselves into the story. I wonder if I'm the seed, I wonder if I'm the soil, I wonder what the harvest is. And that's good. It's a good way to explore a story to find out some of the meaning or meanings. And it's a good way to discover some of the good questions that parables often raise. But remember, this is Mark's gospel. And he's always interested in the system the struggle against the empire or what Jesus calls the kingdoms of the world. That's what Jesus was talking about when we saw him last in chapter 3, binding the strong man. Systems of greed and power and ambition and violence that dominates and controls everything. So it seems that these two parables are about how to change that. How to break the cycle of violence that's been at the heart of the story since, since the very start. These are stories about how to bring about what Jesus calls the kingdom of God. These are parables about regime change. Jesus is talking to his disciples, this collection of random individuals who he has chosen to learn this new way of being. In many ways, they are a test case, a sample of the population. If you can make this work for fishermen, tax collectors, political activists, then it'll work with anyone. If this story can change them, then, then when they tell it to others, it will have the same effect. Jesus is laying out the plan to overthrow empires and kingdoms of the world. He's telling the disciples what they can do and how that will work. And he's also telling them what they can't do. Some things are for God, not for them. And that's important. Spread the seed and let God do the rest. Tell the story and let the story be the thing that changes people. The seeds will grow, and that will take a while, and that part isn't up to you. Your job is to wait for the harvest, and the harvest is more seeds, more storytellers. The mustard seed, just plant it, it will spread by itself, it will get everywhere, and they won't be able to get rid of it. I think we're back to this idea of mission again. Go and tell people the good news and then God will do the rest. The story will germinate and grow and give more seeds and they will germinate and grow and give more seeds. I can just imagine the disciples saying, what? That's it. That's your plan to change the world. It's the opposite of what they'd expected, what we expect. The way of the world was and still is well, to overthrow a government, you make a plan, a military plan with strategy and targets and objectives. 
based on either superior numbers, overwhelming force, or in surprise. And you need weapons and people. There's none of that from Jesus. A man sows a seed and then he goes to bed and it grows and grows and he has no idea how. The mustard bush grows from a tiny seed and then does its own thing. It's an invasive plant. It creeps in, takes over. It's really hard to get rid of. But it creates conditions of shelter and nurture for all the birds of the air. What a brilliant image of the kingdom is a place where everyone belongs and not just the things or people that someone decides have a place. If I asked you, do you want to grow in your faith? I think you would say yes. Growth is a good thing. We want to develop and get stronger and even bear fruit if we can. If I phrase that same question in a different way, I think you might have a different response. Instead of asking, do you want to grow? How about, do you want to change? It's amazing how reframing the story makes a massive difference. And that's what these parables are about. How can we reframe the world? What story will we tell? Instead of a story about economic performance, how about we tell a story about God's concern for our well-being? Instead of a story about output and GDP, why don't we tell a story about lifting our children out of poverty? Instead of a story about church based on the measures of the world, why don't we get outside and tell people a story that will change their lives? A story that has changed the world. All it takes is a small seed and a measure of hope.
loving God, we come before you as one united people, joined together in love, in faith, and in the hope that your grace will carry us through the trials and tribulations of our lives. That your wisdom will guide us as we seek to live lives of purpose and service of you, your people, your church and your creation. As we seek to hear your voice, as we try to hear your message, we lay before you our true selves. All that we are, all that we have, all that we have done, all that we have not done. Speak into our lives, speak into our fears, speak into our hopes, speak into our doubts, speak into our wonder, speak into our loneliness, speak into our joy, speak into our brokenness, speak into our hopefulness. Loving God, speak into our lives and lead us towards you, towards each other and towards your everlasting kingdom. We ask for the strength to see and to plan, to invigorate and to change, to cast off where needed and to cherish where warranted. As we face continued problems as a community, a society, a country and a world, we ask for your love and peace to take root in our hearts and in the hearts of all, friend and foe, to give us the patience to see the good in humanity. We ask for wisdom to be given to all those who seek to lead us in this country and beyond in this year of change. They will work for the good of all people and not for the love of power. As we bear witness to the pain of this world, we ask for your guiding, healing hand. We pray for all who look out at a world of rejection, fear, loss, poverty and illness. We pray for all those marginalised through their class, sexuality, education, gender, finances, race, geography or beliefs. We pray for all those who are judged or stigmatised and we ask for the boldness to cause hope in a world sorely needing it, this day and every day. Hear us as we pray in your words, saying together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God of potential. God who seeks and finds and chooses. God who sees beyond the surface, to the heart of it all. You have chosen us to be your people. As we leave this time and space, help us to look at the world with your eyes. Help us to see opportunities, not obstacles, possibilities and promise in unexpected people and places. May we build up others so that we build the kingdom here on earth. The blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Source and Spirit be with us all, today and always. Amen.